You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. So this weekend, we continue with our series of homilies on the sacraments. And today we feature the sacrament of marriage. And the deacons of the parish have been asked to preach about marriage. Certainly not because we're experts, but because like many of you, we live the sacrament of marriage every day. I'm reminded of a story of a woman who had gone to the supermarket to buy a few groceries. And she was very systematic about what she did. She wrote out her list and brought with her a calculator. And so when she picked up each item, she calculated the cost to make sure she had enough money to pay for the groceries at the checkout. So she was finally down to the last item on the list, which was a can of peaches. She calculated her running total and discovered she was short by a few cents. Instead of putting the can back on the shelf, unfortunately, she put it in her purse, hoping no one would notice that she was shoplifting. So when she got to the checkout, the manager told her that the security camera caught her shoplifting the peaches, and that store policy dictated that they had to press charges against her for taking those peaches. So she went before the judge, and the judge asked her what she had done. She admitted, apologized profusely for taking the can of peaches. And so the judge asked her, ma'am, how many peaches were in that can? She answered, seven, your honor, seven. And so the judge said, I therefore sentence you to seven days in jail. And as the judge was about to bring down his gavel, a man in the back of the courtroom got up and asked the judge if he could speak. So the judge said, who are you and why do you want to address the court? The man said, I'm this woman's husband, and I believe she also shoplifted a large can of peas. <laughs> Obviously, that marriage needed a little bit of work. If we go back over today's readings, you might say to yourself, there's nothing about marriage in any of our scripture passages. And I thought so too at first blush until I came across two words that lie at the foundation of a good marriage. Read the first letter of St. Peter again and you'll find two words. He says, gentleness and reverence. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope but do it with gentleness and reverence. Happy marriages are built on gentleness and reverence or respect. Gentleness in dealing with the complexities of relationships and respect in consideration of each other's feelings and opinions. We all know that marriage is one of the seven sacraments instituted by Christ. It was instituted at his first miracle at Cana. 
It was Jesus, through this miracle, who gave God's seal of approval, if you will, to the permanent union that is the sacrament of marriage. Cardinal Robert Bellarmine, a noted theologian of the church, expressed it this way. He said, the sacrament of matrimony can be regarded in two ways. First, in the making, and then in its permanent state. For it is a sacrament like that of the Eucharist, which not only when it is being conferred, but also while it remains is a sacrament for as long as the married parties are alive, so long as their union a sacrament of Christ and the church. And so Cardinal Bellarmine gives the sacrament of marriage the same stature as the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. Now that's a very powerful statement, of course, and one not to be taken lightly. Marriage is the building of a stable home where peace and love coexist. A stable home is what we all yearn for. A stable home is the foundation of human society. A stable home, the kingdom of heaven, is what we all hope for at the end of life. At human, as human beings, we can fail in business, politics, sports, or any other endeavor we pursue. But if we're able to keep a stable home intact, in the eyes of God, we have succeeded way beyond our own expectations. So then, how do we build, maintain a stable home within the sacrament of marriage? Well, I think we start by remembering the promise married couples make to each other on their wedding day, not knowing, not knowing what lies ahead. They repeat these words, I promise to take you and love you for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, until death. That commitment requires a high degree of self-denial in the uphill battle against the world and a culture that sees marriage and even life itself as disposable commodities. What does it take, then, for a marriage to last until death? In 1950, Monsignor Paul Campbell wrote a beautiful essay on the basic requirements for marital happiness. He says that husband and wife must don shoes of iron and brass that will carry them safely over the rough spots. He says these shoes come in pairs, love and contentment, cheerfulness and courtesy, patience and helpfulness, truthfulness and tact, neatness and politeness, generosity and loyalty. He goes on to say that there is no doubt that the man and woman who pledge themselves to each other before God and the church 
are really in love. This love, however, needs to be fed and nourished. Nothing is so tragic in marriage as the taking of love for granted. Love alone is not the sole requisite of marital happiness. Contentment is the soil in which love is nourished, lives vigorously and grows. Contentment is the antidote for restlessness. It is the calm, quiet influence that is so sorely needed in the home today. That was written in 1950, and it's still true today in 2023. And one final note about the basic, uh, the basic foundation for a happy marriage. There is one single element that probably supersedes all others in building that foundation, and that is forgiveness. Let's remember that no one is perfect. St. Paul says in his letter to the Colossians, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must do also. There is no qualifier in that statement. We're not called to forgive only when it is easy or when we think it might be personally advantageous for us. Instead, we are called to forgive especially, especially when it's difficult. And even if it might come at the cost of our own pride. In our relationships, we must strive to replicate God's own forgiveness. Remembering that God's forgiveness is inexhaustible, that we can never do anything to earn that forgiveness. With that said, especially in marriage, we must remember the words, as the Lord has forgiven you, so must you do also. Marriage has always been part of human history, and from the beginning, beginning it has been a vital building block of human society. Today we are called to defend the significance of marriage in the public square. We must always remember that marriage is not just a civil contract. It has been raised by Christ to the level of a sacrament. Marriage is for the couple and for society as a whole a means toward holiness. God intends for marriage to be a school of love and holiness within the home. And so the holiness, beauty, and permanence of marriage is reflected in the marriage between Jesus Christ and his church. It is a bond that is undeniable and unbroken. It is a bond of love and fidelity and will last until the end of time. And so we pray. We pray that God will accompany all married couples with his constant assistance to enable them to live in peace and love, and to be witnesses to peace and love to all the world. Let us bow our heads in prayer.